Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. Innovation Forum's flagship event of the year, the Sustainable Commodities and Landscapes Conference, is coming up at the end of October in Amsterdam. To find out more about some of the panel sessions at the event, I spoke with my colleague Anna Homari. That's to come. First though, to talk about some of what to look out for this week, here's Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, B. Hi, Ian. All right, what's coming up this week? So this week, the Tokyo Stock Exchange will start carbon credit trading. This is Japan's first exchange-based carbon market as the world's fifth largest carbon dioxide emitter. So Japan began introducing a carbon pricing scheme in stages from April this year to encourage companies and cities to curb emissions and achieve its goal of carbon neutrality by 2050. But via the new market, registered members can trade the existing carbon credit, known as a J credit, on the Tokyo Stock Exchange. And under the J credit system, the government certifies as a credit the amount of greenhouse gas emissions, such as CO2, reduced or removed through efforts to introduce energy saving devices and manage forests as well. And the credit has been traded individually in Japan between companies and other organizations, but it was difficult for them to find buyers or sellers on their own. So the new Tokyo Stock Exchange market will make it easier for companies to buy and sell credits and provide transparency in carbon pricing. And that was said as well by a Tokyo Stock Exchange official. Okay, so what's been the timetable? The exchange began accepting application for registration from July and a total of 188 entities had registered as participants as of September 19th. Transaction prices are set twice a day and published after trading hours. Other similar policies elsewhere? Whilst a lot of nations have emissions trading schemes and, of course, allow the operation of voluntary carbon markets, they don't necessarily have carbon credits listed on their stock exchanges. This time a year ago, the London Stock Exchange became the first major stock exchange to set listing rules for companies that finance carbon reduction products. And the public market framework for this was launched with the goal of stimulating the scaling of the global voluntary carbon market through capital at scale and transparency through disclosure. But really more than anything, these moves are kind of indicative of a wider groundswell around carbon markets. According to a 2022 Business Wire report, the global voluntary carbon market was valued at $2.4 billion in 2021, is expected to reach $17.11 billion by 2027, and could reach $1 trillion by 2037. Well, we'll see. Certainly the carbon markets are always in the news and the role of voluntary carbon markets in dealing with so many issues is fascinating. Anything else coming up this week? This week is also the Middle East and North Africa Climate Week for this year. This is billed as a regional collaboration platform to provide region-focused contributions on energy systems and industry, cities, urban and rural settlements, infrastructure and transport, land, ocean, food and water, societies, health and livelihoods and economies. So a lot there. MENA Climate Week is hosted by the government of Saudi Arabia this year. It's organized by the UNFCCC in collaboration with the UNDP and the UNEP and the World Bank Group but also including partners in the region like the Islamic Development Bank and the League of Arab States. So climate weeks like this and, for instance, like Africa Climate Week, which happened in September, engage and empower stakeholders to exchange views on climate solutions and discuss opportunities to overcome barriers and realise opportunities in different regions. And regional discussions on these topics will obviously inform the first global stock take, which will conclude at COP28 in November. Of course, she's in Dubai this year, so it's a lot of focus on the Middle East region. So what's on the programme for this week then? I had a look at the programme and just on the Monday morning, for instance, there's regional dialogues on carbon pricing, 
There's approaches to just and inclusive energy transition, including the role of non-party stakeholders, the impact of climate change in the MENA region. There's a future minerals forum. There's one on accelerating integration of nature-based solutions. So really just covering the whole range of issues. And then also select sessions will be webcast if anyone is interested. And what will be interesting, of course, is to see how it will be impacted or the discussion will be impacted by what's going on in Gaza and Israel at the moment. Hopefully the conversation can continue as well. All right, B. thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. Innovation Forum will be back in Amsterdam on the 30th of October and the 1st of November for this year's Sustainable Commodities and Landscapes Conference. To find out all the latest about the event, I caught up with Innovation Forum's Hannah Homari. Welcome back to the Monday Briefing, Hannah. Thanks, Ian. Always good to be here. The event's coming up, isn't it? Just coming up in a few weeks' time. Some of these sessions really do jump out, and you've picked out three for us to talk about this morning. First one, do we have carbon tunnel vision? How to ensure a holistic approach to sustainable and responsible procurement? Big issues, obviously. Who's taking part in that? Here we have Kathy Peters from Mondelez International, Jack Hurd from Tropical Forest Alliance, Ilaria Ida Walton from Mars, and then Max Doherty from Biocrop Science. So I'm really looking forward to this. And what are you hoping to get from the session? A lot of what we talk about is carbon, right? You know, climate really does take center stage. And it is, of course, as we know, a really, really crucial topic. But we can fall into this trap of having carbon tunnel vision. So here we're really talking about how we can have this more holistic approach to sustainable and responsible procurement. So really bringing in that social side as well. Yeah, it does feel that this is the next stage, isn't it? The next big step forward in the conversation. Everybody's agreed that carbon is really, really important. But of course, there are other things that are important as well. And it's for me, it's all part of the shift towards regen agri approach, nature focused approach. Now, another session that I think is really interesting is one that's talking about how only farmers can change farming. Farmer voices are going to be a big part of the event. We're having farmer voices across the two days. But it's also important really for everyone to be thinking about how players at other stages in the value chain can ensure that farmers are placed at the heart of the food system and food system transformation. Who have we got talking about that? On this panel, we have Wei Peng from Lewis Dreyfus Company, Matt Imbust from WBCSD and Connor McMahon from Nestle. Again, really well-rounded panel and it'll be a very important discussion, as you say. And what are you hoping to get from this specifically? So really want to deep dive here to see whether we understand the key priorities, incentives and risks for farmers and whether these are actually sufficiently understood across the board and are these incorporated into sustainable sourcing programs and policy. For example, can we ensure that with this upcoming EUDR, is it going to actually work for farmers on the ground? Is it going to squeeze them out of supply chains and so on? And also with the brand perspective, we want to talk about how brands can effectively engage and partner with farmers to design and implement sustainable sourcing practices that work for farmers on the ground. And another session that jumps out for me is we'll talk about greenwashing. Big news recently about greenwashing and also the rise of so-called green hushing. What do you think the future holds for consumer engagement on these issues, Hannah, and who have we got talking about it? On this panel, we have Aldo Uva from CSM Ingredients, John Willis of Planet Tracker, Glenn Horowitz from Mighty Earth, and Vanessa Herrera from Mondelez International. And on this session, we want to understand how brands can communicate the nuances of their sustainability efforts, but then of course, avoid a reputation for greenwash. It's really important to be able to talk about these things and communicate them. But as we know, greenwashing is quite pervasive and 
obviously not something that any company wants to be accused of doing, which takes us on to the topic of green hushing. You know, are we now in this new era of green hushing? So we're just going to be unpacking the complexity of communicating on sustainability. We want companies to be transparent and talk about these issues and to do their best. But if they're continually being concerned about accusations of greenwashing, whether true or not, that's a big challenge. And then they don't talk about these things, they don't engage. So it's really important for the progress that we want to see for companies to be able to talk about these things and these issues in an environment where they're not going to be accused of greenwashing. Absolutely. So that's actually our closing discussion of the two days. So a great one to end on. How can uh, listeners take part, Hannah? We still have delegate places available. You can register for the forum online. And if you do so by the end of this week, by Friday, the 13th of October, you can save 100 euros on your conference pass. Good time to join. If you're going to join, do it this week. Save 100 euros on your pass for the event on the 31st of October and 1st of November. Hannah, thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. That's it for now. The Monday Briefing will be back next week. And look out, as ever, for the weekly podcast on Thursday, where we'll be more reporting from last week's Future of Plastics and Packaging event and all the usual news and expert interviews. And do sign up for our next From the Forest Frontline webinar on 18th of October, where I will be talking with local community and Indigenous people's representatives about how Red Plus Forest projects have helped to enable and improve local human rights. Full details as ever on the Innovation Forum website. For now, though, goodbye. <laughs>